Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. We're so excited. Today is our, our candlelight communion service. And, but I want to talk to you a little bit uh, this morning about gifts before we get to that. Um, the, the interesting thing about gifts, and, and, and Melody said she got everything that she wanted, but um, uh, gift giving is, is, is an awkward thing to me. Anybody else think that gift giving is an awkward thing? Who, who just loves gifts? Like you like life. And so here's the thing, like people love to give gifts and love, people love to get gifts, but there's always an anticipation. You know, this anticipation of gifts. It's like a kid goes through the catalog and then they, you know, they, they, they circle up their stuff. Anybody used to do that? Circle up all their stuff and then submit it to their parents. And maybe you got like a lot of high dollar items on there, um, whatever it is. You, you submitted it to your parents and then Christmas came around and they got you gifts and then it was like underwear and socks and you know, you know, maybe you got like what I never wanted is stuff like Etch-a-Sketch, Barrel of Monkeys, but somehow that always got underneath the tree, you know what I'm talking about? But now that I'm a parent, I'd be like buying like, you know, Etch-a-Sketches and, and, and Barrel of Monkeys. Like here, you need to have these kids. But it's like, it's like you always want the kid to be like, Wah! and you always, you know, you know, you, you want to be excited like that, but you get presents and you open them up and you're like, I don't know if I'm, if, thanks. Thanks. What's the worst present you ever got? I know somebody here that one, one Christmas, they got a box of fish, box of frozen fish for Christmas. How do you get excited about that? There's like this tension between anticipation and expectation. And, and we have anticipation about what we're going to get or, or the reaction that we'll get from people. We have anticipation, expectation about, about giving it. You know, is it, is it, is it going to be good? Is, is all this stuff in this, is this weird tension? And so like you want people to respond well to your gift. Anybody ever felt that way? Like you, you, you've thought for months and you've, you finally got the perfect thing. And, and, and you're like, I know what I'm going to get you. And then, like maybe you're like a little, uh, like a little bit of like I, I don't know if I can wait till the day. Any non-waiters? You're like I want to give you your gift right now. Can I give you your gift today? Because I'm so excited about about how how you're going to react. And so the person who's receiving is like I don't know. It's just a Tuesday in the middle of December, and and I gotta get this gift. And you're so excited you want to give it to me. Now that puts a lot of pressure on me to respond in such a way that will make this good for you. Because gift giving is two ways. It's 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 receiving the gift and and and, and responding so well that they feel good about their response. And so you open it up and you're like. Yay! Like this is this this moment of silence. It's worse than somebody going, "I love this song. Listen to it." And you listen to the first thirty seconds, and you're not moved by it. And then they're like, "Don't you love this song?" And you're like, "No, not so much. I don't really love this song." It's like the, it's like the, the worst thing is Christmas gift giving. The second thing is is that song in the car. Listen to this song moment, and and it's this same feeling of like, "Don't you just love it?" And you're like, "I don't." Yeah, I guess I love it, you know? And what's the deal if you do love it? Then you have this push and pull of like, of like, hey, do you love it? Yes, I love it. Well, you don't act like it. I haven't seen you wear it yet. When are you going to pull it out and play with it? When are you going to do something with it? Right? And you can have all of this excitement. You can absolutely love it. But if it isn't according to their standard of receiving, then it's this weird, awkward tension. You know, like this gift giving. And some of you, like in this room, you're really quiet because you're like, yep, that's me and my wife this year. 
you and your kids, and you get done, and, and I remember my dad used to say, um, you ever, like, because this actually happened to him, he, like, gave us all this stuff, and then we're like, is that it? You know what I mean? It's like, is, is, is that it? Because somewhere inside of you is this, is this thing of, like, I got everything maybe that was on my list, and I, I feel excited and anticipation, but somehow I'm left wanting. I'm left empty. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, all this whole month is all these lights and, 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 and events and, and get-togethers and cookies and all of these moments. They're sweet and they're wonderful, but do they leave me wanting? Do they leave me empty? Is there something more? It's a weird tension we live in, this gift-giving. It's so weird that actually... God, God, actually talks about himself and his son and the Holy Spirit as gifts. And not just gifts, but they are also gift givers. Because God was like, I love you so much that I'll give. And so in, in John, Jesus is expressing this idea of God and his heart and, and the way that he is. And he's like, hey, God loves the world so much that he gave his only son with no obligations, no weird things, just believe. And if you believe, you'll have this eternal life, this power, this perpetual kinetic thing inside of you that comes from heaven. And, and, and it, Jesus is expressing God like this. And he goes on and expresses him over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians, the, uh, the, the writer of Ephesians, Paul, tells us, and, and it says right here, um, show me, Jaden. It says um, that Jesus ascended on high and he led captivity captive. And then his, his first duty after going up into heaven is that he gave gifts to men. That he would want to give good gifts to you. So God's like, I'm going to send my son into the world and I love you so much that I'm going to give. Jesus dies. He spends three days in a grave and he comes back to life. He's resurrected. And the Bible says that the first thing that he does is that he gives gifts to men. James 1.17 says that every good and every perfect gift is from Above, it comes down from the Father of lights, and there's no shadow of turning. This is how passionate God is about giving. And the sad thing is, is that God gives good and perfect gifts, and they're wonderful. And the first thing he did um, after dying and resurrecting is to give gifts to you and me. And the first thing that God wanted to do to, to restore relationship is to give you the gift of his son. And it's sad because we have gotten to this place where our gift giving is so natural. It's so regular. It's so just... I have this anticipation and it's unfulfilled. Is that it that we have projected our idea of gifts, giving and receiving on God? And so most of us are living in this relationship with God where we're like, yeah, I know, God, that you, you give good gifts. I, I know that you, you got me. You're, you're looking after me. But, you know, like, this is just the wrong thing. 
It's not really what I was asking for. You know, I circled over here and you gave me here. Don't we look at God and say, you know, maybe you messed it up. This isn't the right thing. It's missing a few pieces. This is nice, but when I get the next thing, then it'll all be complete. You know, didn't you see right there in the aisle, God, when you grabbed this, you had to grab the other stuff too, and all of it goes together. You know, it's like you, you got the relationship, but it didn't work out. You got the family, but for some reason they just, they aren't into connecting the way you wanted to connect. You raised the kid until they moved out and now they don't really call you anymore. I wanted this thing, but it's just, it's just not right. I mean, I, I wanted healing, but you know, I, I, I still feel pain. I wanted to be whole and, and I wanted to be saved and I wanted to be new and I, I got into church, but for some reason it just feels like this gift is, is lacking a few things, God. And that's the way we project onto God. It's like, I know that you're, you're giving, God. I know that you've had this grand idea for Jesus, but is, is Jesus really is, is enough? Is this relationship with God, is it really enough? I mean, I had all these songs, and we had all these festivities, and we had this, these moments, and it just doesn't feel like it used to when I was a kid. It just feels empty. And Jesus actually addresses this in the book of, uh, book of Luke in chapter 11. He says this. He says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It actually starts out this, this passage. He's just like, he's just sitting around chopping it up. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, if you ask, then you'll receive. If you knock, and it shall be open. If you seek, and you'll find. And he goes, he goes, which of you, like if your kid comes to you and asks for, you know, some bread, would you give the kid a stone? If, if a kid asked, asked, asked for this particular thing, would you give him a scorpion or a snake or something that would harm him or hurt him? And, and, and he's, he's, he begins to relate. He's like, you're so good at knowing how to treat other people. It's almost as if he's saying, hey, you know, Christmas, like you know how to like go through the store and find the perfect thing and wrap it all up. And it's, it's like each of my kids, I know what they want and I'm, I give it to them. And then, like this is the first year that I gave my kids presents and they were like, wow, this is so good. Each one of my kids hugged me and kissed me. Reagan kind of was hesitant to kiss me, but I made her. And, and, and it's like they kissed me and they were like, this was perfect, Dad. And it was the first time that I felt like I had achieved what I was supposed to as a dad in gift giving. You know, going into it, I felt like I didn't have enough, and I felt like it was weird. And and I was like, I, I gave my kid Bibles, you know, and the first thing, like, wow, thank you for the Bible, and I'm like, yeah, I'm an awesome dad. I scored, I did it. I, I I'm so good. And and then and Jesus is like, hey, you know how to be good, don't you, Dad? You know how to be awesome. You know how to go through and find just the right thing and do the work. How much more do you think God is good? And that is our flaw. We think we're better than God. Don't we? A little? Or maybe more than you think. Thanks, God. Not really what I wanted. Not what I would have given. I mean, come on. 2020. I mean, come on. If you knew this was going to happen, then why? 
I mean, you gave me this gift and then all of this stuff surrounding it. It's like, God, you're, you're a terrible gift giver. I wish you would have made me skinnier. I wish you would have made me taller. I wish you would have made me shorter. I wish you would have gave me a better voice. I wish I could sing. I wish I could paint. I wish I was better at making money. I wish I could get up in the morning. God, you're a terrible gift giver. My whole life is a wreck, God. And they tell me at church, Brandon said that this is your doing. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. Well, thanks, God. And we live in this pity part of these moments of I'm a better person than you. God, I can do this on my own. And what Jesus expresses is that God knows how to give good gifts to those who ask. Have you ever tried to give a gift to a kid who you didn't know what they wanted? I mean, there's the, there's the obvious things, like a go-kart, a pony, a trip to Disney World. You know what I mean? But have you ever tried to buy for somebody you didn't know what they wanted? My uncle would come into town. He would, there's a certain age where you, like, you kind of get out of gifts, and you're like you know, 12, 13, 14. You're like, I want a motorcycle, a half pipe, a small helicopter. You know what I mean? Like That's what you want in your preteen days. And my uncle came in, he's like, I didn't know what you're into, so I bought you a model. You know, like, you got to put it together with glue. You know, you're getting high in the back room. You know, but you didn't know it. You were just in the back room putting together this model, and you came out, and you're a little, little weird. Your dad's like, you need to open the windows in here, son, real quick. I got you this model. It's the weirdest thing to try to figure out what somebody wants. Don't ask. Now, here's, here's the thing. God says... You have not because you ask not. Weird, because I'm pretty sure in the Bible it says, and I say pretty sure in a very sarcastic way, because I know it says this, that God knows what you have need of before you even ask. And then he turns around and goes, I know what you have need of, but you don't have because you don't ask. I know that you're lacking. I know that you're missing out on some stuff. But maybe I just want you to crawl up in my lap and just have a conversation with me about who you are and the places in your life that need to be fulfilled and the broken parts that need to be reconnected. I know it's tough, but I just want to be in your life. That God would pretty much say, I'm not going to rape you but I want to love you in a very special way. I don't want to abuse you and force myself on you, but if you choose me, I'll come in and fill all things with my life. That everything comes from me, through me, and back to me if you'll invite me in. And so he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe and him would have this eternal, everlasting, kinetic 
never stopping, always going life on the inside of them. It's a gift. And much like my kids who can't leave a gift wrapped under the tree for their life, actually Judah could and maybe Reagan could. She would probably open it and rewrap it because she's conniving like that. But Avery would demolish it and sit there and you come down in the morning. She'd be like, hey, all these presents are open. (laughs) Thank you, Avery. Kids in the neighborhood come to my house like, hey, why don't you guys have any presents under the tree? You guys don't have any presents here? Like, this is not Christmas? And I'm like, no, we got a special kind of unique house. That there's gifts in your life that are unopened. Because God, God knows what you have need of before you ask. But he says, How much more would I give good gifts to those who would ask, seek, and knock? And that is from a relationship that is known by spending real time with God. And enough of us are so, like, here's one. There's people that are pissed off at the government for a $600 check because my government owes me. You can do better instead of going, God is my supplier. Hello. Trust me, I want a little stimulus check too. I can be stimulated, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I know where my help comes from. I know where my real relationship is. And God says, I want you to just have that connection with me. And we're like, you know, we know how to get good gifts everywhere else. And God is terrible at giving gifts. That's what we feel. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to just ask. I want you to pull out the catalog. Sit down with a glass of milk and cookies. Start circling up. My son came to me with a list a mile long of stuff like, hey, dad, this is what I want right here. It's like, you don't even know what that is, man. Yeah, it's like these two things that fight each other and, you you know, release them into the universe and weird stuff. Are you really into that? It's just plastic. No, it's awesome, dad. Dad, I want this bike and this Xbox. And then I need these nine games. He looked in the catalog. There are times I looked in this book, said, God, what is it that you want from me? Opened it wide open, and God said, my people will live in secure dwelling places, peaceful houses of rest. I said, what? I didn't know that was in the Bible. I was talking to a pastor in Africa. His name's Oliver. He doesn't have a home. I mean, he has a house where he lives, but he doesn't have his own home. It's very important to them in Africa to have a house because it means security for their family. It means that when I leave, my kids will have something rather than nothing. And so they build cinder blocks on top of dirt. You know what I mean? Like the kind that you would build out of your little ice fort or their concrete. There's no sheetrock on the inside. There's no walls. You just walk in. It's concrete on the inside. It's concrete on the outside. And there's a window, and it's not a window. It's just the hole where they didn't put bricks. 
Oliver sitting there in his suit. He's a pastor of a church, about 600. He says, I have this concern about my life that I'll never have a home. He said, I want to tell you something that God told me two years ago. When I was concerned and I was like thinking about my life and I went to God and I said, God, what am I going to do about my house? And I opened up the catalog. My people shall live in peaceful dwelling places and secure houses of rest. And I opened it up and I said, Oliver, I think I flew all the way to Africa to tell you this one verse. I didn't want to come this year. I didn't want to be here. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of bored. I got other things I want to do. I had to leave my kids behind. I had to leave my church behind. Everything that I was doing to come here to tell you this one verse. The next year I came, he said, Pastor, come and sit down. I want to show you something. And he opened up pictures and said, this is my house. And you know what it was? It was a half-built cinder block home that he was building brick by brick by brick because for some reason he found in the catalog that he could believe for something and God gives good gifts. He's better than you. He's better than me. What's the last thing you believe God for? What's the last thing that you were like, God, you can do that. God, I need this gift. God, I need you. He says, ask, keep on asking. Knock, keep on knocking. Seek and you're going to find it. Oliver Bonda was building a house brick by brick by brick by brick because he found it in the catalog. Help me out, Ryan. I could tell you thing after thing after thing after thing after thing the Bible says, but just like the kid in the neighborhood who goes, I'm going to get a hoverboard. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to get a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, cool. And you don't even really know what it is. Until you see it, something inside of you begins to spark up inside. Like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I want to become. That's who I want to be. That's something that strikes so deeply in my soul that I'll believe God and ask God for it until I see it. That's the kind of people who know their God and are mighty in the land. But... So many of us are convinced God's not going to do that. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Nah. That's too much. That's, that's, it's going to be this awkward thing. You know, you're going to open up this gift from God. Surprise. And you're like, okay, God. They're going to tell you, hey, you should be thankful for everything God has given you. And you're like, I don't, I don't feel thankful. I feel kind of depressed. I feel alone. I don't, I don't want whatever kind of gift you got. God is, is not working for me. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's what you asked for because that's all you knew to ask. Did you know that Jesus came in a manger as a baby because he was going to be the prince of peace? 
And we think that means that nobody's going to fight and shoot guns anymore. But for the Jews, peace is not the presence of no war. It is actually shalom. And shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means wholeness. And in your life, you've settled in a place that is way less than peace. You've settled and said, this is all it's going to be. This is as far as I'm going to go. I know that there's more out there, but it's for somebody else. Because I have to trust God. And this is all the gifts that he's given me. He says, no, 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 no. I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. That every place in your life can be filled. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That I give good gifts to my children. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, of which there is no shadow of turning. There's no like, God, today I don't feel like it. I don't feel like giving you anything today. He is constantly pursuing you, pushing towards you, pressing up against you, saying, if you just ask, if you just ask, if you just seek, if you just come close, give me a kiss. And no, I don't want to. That's gross. You're my dad. I love you. No one loves you like me. No one cares for you like me. No one in your world gets you like me. I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm so near. This is what God is doing constantly. And you're walking away like an impoverished kid saying, I wish my dad would give me something like that. Maybe it's time to believe again. Maybe it's time to come close again. Stop with the awkward exchanges and just begin to love God. Then ask God, could it be for me too? Could that be for me too? I had no idea that was in the catalog. Yeah. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? There is more that God wants to do in your life. People keep saying stuff like 2020 is a dumpster fire. It's a complete crap show. It's just, it's just 2020 is brutal. 2020 is a mess. And people message me and tell me this stuff. And I think to myself, what are they possibly believing for? They've lost hope. They've lost the passion for a God who never fails, who gives good gifts to men, who loved the world so much that he gave, that how much more God would give the Holy Spirit and good gifts and wholeness and perfection and completeness to those who would ask. Don't let it be you who pauses in a moment of destruction and doesn't believe for all that God is. God, do it in our lives. Do it for your people. Give good gifts. Give good gifts. And God, stir up our heart again with the wonder of Christmas, the wonder of gift giving, the wonder of completion. This is 
my God gives good gifts to those who ask. God, now we turn our hearts to this place where you said, remember me, remember me. And part of our issue is that we have forgotten you. So as we take communion and sit down to a table where we partake of your great gifts, let it be a turning point in our lives. Let it be a turning point where we believe you for more, where we expect more because our dad is good. In Jesus' name.